just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope your day is going well. On this edition, I have my cohort, a former colleague in radio, and his name is Ed. And Ed, thank you for joining me again. It's always nice to have somebody else to talk to other than the emails and the voicemails that I get. It's nice to have somebody on live with me. So, uh, Ed, how was your Easter? Was it good? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we actually ventured out. It also was in conjunction with my brother's, my younger brother's birthday. And uh, we went to uh, our first concert uh, in two years. Uh, we went up to uh, Bristol, Tennessee, where they've restored a, an old movie theater. And um, we saw a concert of Bela Fleck, who, uh, oh, if you yeah. don't know, ba- yeah, he's... Uh, he has a jazz group called the, the Fleck Tones, but he also, he just won the Grammy for Best Traditional Bluegrass Album, an album called My Bluegrass Heart. And uh, we had bought tickets to him and the Fleck Tones reunion, but they changed it. And he came with the, you know, a bunch of the people that were on the, the Grammy album. And it was uh, just amazing concert, really terrific. So, uh, uh, yeah, it, it, uh, it was a pretty good weekend. Well, that sounds good. Yeah, I'm familiar with Bella and the Flectones, uh, mainly because of both of us working at KBEM. He was tied into a, a bunch of concerts that we had up in Minnesota. So I'm familiar. I, I can't say I'm a fan because I haven't listened to a lot of his stuff. I was just the fucking traffic guy. I didn't listen to music. <laughs> well, I saw him at the Fine Line, the cafe, uh, music cafe in uh, downtown Minneapolis 20 years ago. And this was the first chance I'd had to see him since. Uh, he's aged well, and the music ha- has too. And it's it's still a blend of jazz and, and bluegrass. It's it, it's virtually impossible to describe. You just have to hear it. It was and you know it was much more traditional this time. Yeah. But uh, uh, the instrumentalists with him were just amazing people. So uh, I highly recommend the tour if you can possibly uh, catch it at a venue near you. You know, and I, uh, when we worked at the radio station up here in Minnesota, it's a jazz station. I had a lot of concerts and I always had a couple of stories. I was never normally involved in the concerts, but occasionally they would have me come and introduce an act or something like that. Cause I wasn't, yeah. I was a traffic guy. I wasn't, but so, um, one time I met the Dakota, which is in St. Paul and we had this big event and a big concert, a bunch of groups in the concert and stuff. And, uh, and I'm standing on stage and I brought my son, my oldest son, but he was about five years old at the time. And he was kind of a, yeah. but so I stood on stage and I said, before I introduce this act, I want to introduce you to my son, Tony. And everybody's clapping and cheering. And uh, we kind of worked this out ahead of time because I knew what would happen. Um, yeah. But so they, they started yelling, is Tony going to go into radio? Like, like his dad. And I said, Tony, come here. So he comes out on stage and he's standing there and he said, these people want to know if you're going to be in radio like I am. And he kind of shyly grabs the mic. He goes, "Uh, no, I'm going to get a real job. (laughs) And then, of course, everybody claps and laughs. And he's the big star after that, walking the halls and stuff. And he had a great time. But that's about the extent of my my connection to, to, to the music thing. 
One thing you mentioned to me, and you said you just got out to saw a concert, see a concert in two years. You've taken this COVID thing pretty seriously, and you've stayed, stayed locked down for a long time. Yeah, I had to, because quite frankly, we were, we are one of, uh, let's see, behind Mississippi and Alabama and Arizona, uh, three places you never want to be behind. Uh, we're the worst in the country uh, for uh, death Number from one. COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, and the vaccination rates only a uh, little over 50 percent, uh, you know, depending on the age group. Uh, the folks like me, the over, you know, the over 65s, they, they took it pretty seriously because they saw friends and relatives dying. So most of them are actually vaccinated and a good portion of them were boosted. But uh, the younger folks, not so much. And, yeah. and there's a lot of, you know, the crazy shit uh, that goes uh goes around uh, down here that uh you know if you're if you're if you got the the shots you got the sign of the beast on you and you're going to hell and all of that bullshit and a microchip and, uh, and all that shit yeah yeah but I, I you know i uh i i put on my mask i go i anybody messes with me and nobody has but if they oh, did good. i'm prepared i'm prepared for it you know you know i'm yeah. packing heat no i'm not <laughs> We're going to talk about that in a minute, but, but you know, uh, where you are in Tennessee is kind of in the heart of uh, a lot of people I refer to as Trumplifucks, because that was yeah. the best way I can explain it. You've got a lot of Trumpers in your neighborhood in Tennessee, and uh, it sounds like uh, you've got some issues with people in your government, too, that uh, are just as fucking nutty. Well, I, I uh, actually posted on Twitter the other day that uh, I, I think Tennessee's become a test kitchen for uh, crazy. Uh, you know, last week we talked a little bit about uh, uh, this bill they had that would uh, create a whole new uh, um, form of marriage. They called it a common law marriage between one man and one woman, but then they didn't put an age thing on it. So it <laughs> could have been used to, you know for child bride and so forth well when that got out they immediately quashed that but but i think that was just to kind of distract people because what the bill is really about is allowing county clerks to um, um vote their uh, religion so to speak and not marry same-sex couples without right. penalty uh that's what the bill is really about they've pulled it right now but it'll be back and uh without the onus of the child brides, they, they're going to try to sneak it through. Uh, now they've got one where they're going to, they've solved homelessness in Tennessee, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> they're wow. going to outlaw it. They're going to outlaw it. They're going to make it a class E felony uh, to sleep on public property. Uh, not, course, a ticket, not a ticket, not a misdemeanor. This is a fucking no. felony. This is felony stays on your record and uh, probably would keep you from voting. I don't know that for sure. So don't quote me on that, but uh, there's a good chance it would. And um, of course it would also stock those private prisons, which is what we have here in Tennessee. And uh, there's actually a provision in those private prisons that if they're not full, the state has to pay them for the empty cells. So they're looking at <laughs> What to, kind of fucking rule is that? <laughs> that's the kind when the the payment is in before the raw law is written as a matter of fact i don't think there's been a law written by a tennessee legislature legislator here 
and years. They're all written by lobbyists. They come out of the think tanks, and I think they do try them out here, just see if they'll fly. Let's throw this against the wall and see if it sticks, you know? And um, usually it does because they don't clean the walls. (laughs) Well, so this may be a money. I'll let the back of spit in the legislature. Yeah, this may be a money making scheme. Then you got these people with no place to go. You're going to arrest them, give them felonies, and put them in jail. But they have no way to avoid getting arrested because they've got no place to go. That's exactly. That sounds a little draconian to me. State well. that's that's the way uh, that's the way it is in the Republican Party in Tennessee right now and and nationally if you if you remember Newt Gingrich and his uh, contract with American Tea Party and all that he started the process of primarying any decent Republican who wouldn't go in lockstep so now all they got left is stooges who take what the lobbyists hand them and enact it into law if they've got a if they've got a uh, if they've got enough votes, which they always do in Minnesota, because it's uh, ever since the Nixon Southern strategy, I mean, it's uh, it's solid red. And um, I, I do think that uh, if the cities could mobilize uh, like they did in Georgia and to get out the vote, that we could take it back because they're uh, I've, I've, I've run the numbers and the, the cities are close enough that that we could turn the tide here. And I, I think that's pretty much the same like in Minnesota. I mean, you take away the cities in Rochester, um, you know, you might as well be in in, uh, in Tennessee or Mississippi or Louisiana. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's one thing to be living in Minneapolis and then when my wife and I are Driving in the hinterlands, as we have occasion to do, we uh, we wince at the Trump 2024 signs or let's go Brandon or all that bullshit. And it, it just confuses me because we're at a point now with all that's gone on and all that's happened and all that's coming out. If you still follow Donald Trump or the administration, you're one of two things. You're fucking evil or you're stupid or you're both. Yeah, and in most cases, I think it's both. Um, now here, you know, because I, I, I have relatives in local politics and they're, they're decent people and so forth, but they know if they're going to keep their job, they have to have an R next to their name. And that, yeah. that's the same with every office in Tennessee right now. If you want to be in the office, unless you're in Memphis or some of the suburbs of Nashville, or uh, maybe uh, you can be a Democrat there, but anywhere else, you better be a Republican or you can't be the dog catcher. Well, there's the fatal flaw in government in general, whether it be statewide, local, or even federal. The first job, the first thought isn't to bring justice, uh, bring truth, or do the work for the people that elected you. The first job is to get reelected. The second job is to put money in your pocket one way or another by appealing to the wealthy or the corporations or that sort of thing. And it's not just the Republicans that are guilty of this. The Democrats have been guilty of it too. And, and this is the deepest part of the problem in our country with the government. They aren't really working for us. Not at all. And and uh, really, the, the, the main thing we need above all is campaign finance reform. And it Correct. will not happen because the foxes are running the hen house and uh, both parties, as you say, right. um, there there are no no poor people in Congress. <laughs> there just aren't any more. You know, you know, number you know, one, you can't, you know who <laughs> you the poorest person. 
You know who the poorest person in D.C. is? Uh, good question. Joe Biden. I, I swear yeah. it's Joe Biden because he, he did his taxes last year and the year before he made $600,000, which is a lot of money to you and I, but ain't nothing. Yeah. Hell, Kamala Harris made $1.6 million, and Joe yep. Biden's been in the Senate for 40 years. Um, yep. But what about all those billions he got from Russia with his son? <laughs> they didn't show up in taxes for some reason. I don't For know. some reason. I, I don't know. Yeah, I guess better take the IRS on that old boy, right? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. And, and you know, we see, we see this all day, every day, and it becomes troubling. Um watching our government and I don't worry about me and you so much anymore because no. our lives are pretty well set. We'll, we'll go the next 20 we'll years. Be, we'll be over. dead soon. We'll be <laughs> yeah. dead soon. But I do worry about my kids and my grandkids and what's going to be left behind. And uh, it's not looking good at this point. No, you, one way or another, either the climate change is going to get them or they're going to wind up in some dystopian hellhole, you know, where the rich, uh, if you've ever seen the movie Zardoz, and if you can ever find it, I recommend you watch it. But uh, um, in the far future where the, the very wealthy live in sealed cities and everybody else is, is out, uh, you know, uh, killing each other over a, a, a pig's foot, you know, it's... Uh, <laughs> It's uh, it's going to be something like that. And, and certain parts of the country, it already is. Yeah, I was just looking today that the median income in my county is uh, somewhere in the 30s. I forget the 30,000 a year. And uh, a goodly portion poverty. of them. Oh, yeah. A goodly portion are below 15,000 a year. Oh, so uh, I think it's uh, like uh, 20% or 22% in the neighboring county of, of Hancock County, which is among the poorest in the, in the, uh, the whole country. Uh, there's no industry. There's, there's essentially no jobs. I, I guess they live off of some sort of um, SSI, something like that. Uh, probably math. <laughs> That's, oh. I mean, you know, and you, when I, when I was a kid, they were, they were still doing moonshine. Now they're doing maths you know, or, or, uh, pills. Well, you know what the, you know, the confusing thing about this, you identify this, these areas that are clearly in poverty and having all kinds of problems. But I bet if you walk through that town, most of those people will be Trump 2024. Let's go Brandon motherfuckers. Oh, I guarantee it. I guarantee ah. it. And they are firmly, cons- they are firmly convinced that they're poor because minorities get all the money. <laughs> well, you know, see, that's a confusing confusing argument now. We always said, don't let the brown people cross the border because they'll take all our jobs. Now we got yeah. more jobs than people that want to take jobs. So what? Are, you know what? If we need to fill jobs and we don't have enough white people or American people to take the jobs, let the brown people in. We want the economy to flourish. These jobs need to be filled one way or another. And if we're not going to fill them, why not fill them with some of the brown people? Exactly. You know, I mean, in, in a lot of the counties here, the problem is there's no mass transportation. Like, uh-huh. say there's a job, uh, there's no industry locally, not much anyway. And uh, if I want to go to a, a factory that's in, in one of the surrounding towns, how do I get there? There's yeah. no bus. Um, maybe I can carpool it with some other people or, or something like that. But if you don't own a car and you can't afford to get one, um, 
you're trapped in poverty, but poverty generation after generation after generation. I mean, I see it. I see the grandchildren and in some cases, the great grandchildren of people I went to school with. And uh, they are still mired in that poverty because they don't have it. Once you're in it, getting out of it is a hard thing to do. And those of us who were I, I was born poor. But I had a father and a mother who who uh, wanted me to do well in school. They make sure made sure I did. I had clothes and food and all that. They both worked their ass off uh, that I had that. Um, the kids who weren't lucky enough to have that, they haven't they haven't gotten out of it. You know, they're still mired in it, and it's it uh, it's long since time. I'm 72 years old. Uh, something should have, uh, it should have gotten better in my lifetime, not worse. And it's gotten worse because right after World War II, things expanded here. I mean, this was a, a, a sorely poverty stricken area here, uh, except for a few very rich landowners. And the, after World War II with the GI Bill and um, the, the TBA coming in and providing electricity, there was a boom. And, and then, you know, people became middle class here. Then that all went to China or wherever, and uh, it was sent there. Chinese didn't come and get those jobs. They were sent there by the corporations. Yeah, by great uh, corporations. Right. And the unions never caught on around here. Uh, for whatever reason, I mean, they um, because re- Republicans hate unions, let's right. be honest, you know, right. and uh, so they never really learned how to have power and to keep things. And it's 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 a it's a worse place to be now if you're poor than it was when I was a kid. Well, well, here's the confusing thing to me. You know, when you talk about those days in the 50s. Or yeah. even when we got this COVID relief bill, the one thing we saw is when you put money back into the middle class, it flourished. It did well for the economy. Things started to happen. And it makes sense. If you have a portfolio of investments, and on one end, you have one that's worth a lot of money, but gives you nothing in return as in taxes, why right. would you invest there? You'd invest into the backbone of your of your portfolio, meaning the middle class, who can go out and spend and earn more money. The question I have, and this is where I think Republicans miss it, and this sounds ultra-liberal, and I'm not ultra-liberal. It makes sense to pay people more money. It does. Businesses will say, well, we can't afford to do business if we have to pay them more money. But it seems to me if you pay people more money, that means you sell more shit. And if you sell more shit, what is better for our economy than that? And then you go to education. Everybody says, well, you got to bury them in debt, do all this stuff. This country should have want every fucking person who wants to be educated, educated in this country. Because what we've seen in the last five years is a large percentage, a larger percentage than I imagined of stupid fucking uneducated people. And that is damaging to this country. We want everybody educated. And if it means giving them free education, it will pay dividends back to the country. Absolutely. And uh, here where I live now, if I want a plumber, I either have to wait three months or I have to uh, find one from another town who's willing to come over here at a premium. I want a plumber. I want three plumbers. I want five plumbers in this town, all making a living and living in a nice house with three cars. 
that's what I want. I want an electrician that I don't want to have to wait three months for. And he's not some shade tree guy who's going to electrocute me. <laughs> I, you know, there's plenty of trade work for people that can go to a trade school and become an actual functioning tradesman, an electrician, an electrician, a plumber, a carpenter who knows how to do it right and does it right. And, and they can, they can retire rich and early. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I think, you know, if there are kids out there that want to decide what they want to do and they don't think college is for them, you can take the trades courses. And like you say, you could be an electrician, a plumber uh, in construction in different ways, and you'll find a job just like that because there is a shortage and you'll make a lot of money. I mean, a lot of money, 40, 50, 60 bucks an hour, maybe even higher than that. But more importantly, we as a country need that to happen. We aren't going to do well as a country if we don't have tradesmen or tradespeople to do the things that need to be done. If we've got a bunch of people that need plumbers and there's none available, what the fuck happens? We should be encouraging people to go to trade school, maybe giving them pre-trade school educations so we can bring back those trades, which will in turn help the economy. Exactly. I, I, I'm past the point of wanting to do it myself. Yeah, I'm, uh, and, I'm a little bit. Go to Home Depot. I'll go to Home Depot. I'll make 10 trips to Home Depot <laughs> to fix something. When I could hire a plumber for half, the, and the, the time and the money estimate would work out. You know, maybe he gets 40 bucks an hour. Well, if I have to drive 30 miles to the nearest Home Depot and uh, do it three or four times to get the right part and then still screw it up and have to call somebody in, uh, it's just not worth it. But if there is a good, solid plumber, male, female, I don't care, uh, as long as uh, they enjoy the work, uh, they can uh, and they can do the job. That's what I want. And I want to trade school. There's a there's an old story of a college professor, and it was it was one of the Ivy League ones. I don't remember which one. But after World War II, when all these GI Bill guys were were heading to college, he was he wrote a, an editorial to the newspaper saying these people won't fit in. They're not ready for this. This is going to be a tragedy. They're going to take up all this space and and going to destroy the collegiate system. A year later. He came back with a mea culpa saying, I was wrong. These guys are motivated. They're here to learn. They're here to go out. They're here to, to find what we have to offer, and they're going to go out, and the economy is going to explode. And he was right because they were motivated. If you give people the opportunity and uh, the motivation uh, where they can see on the other side of poverty, uh, you will have an economy that will burn the planet down, believe me. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, we've got all these people that say, let's do the trickle-down thing, let's send $2 trillion to the rich, that'll help, but it's never helped in 40 years. We've got, you know, we, we passed the infrastructure bill on a bipartisan basis. We're talking about bridges and roads and that sort of thing. But Joe Biden right. and the Democrats were right about our other infrastructure, and that is our greatest resource, which is the people. And if the people can't do what they need to do, good bridges don't mean shit if you can't afford to buy a car to drive across the goddamn thing. So we need to also do something with the, uh, the, the middle class folks. We've seen things turn around very quickly when we do. Uh, so, so 
we need to invest in education. We need to make sure more people are educated. We need to see that more people are making more money. If you make more money, you pay more taxes, you buy more shit. I don't know how stupid you have to be to not see that's good for the economy. Exactly right. And I can see what's happening right now with the Republicans. They're throwing all of this culture war crap out there because that's all they've got. They have no viable economic platform. They have no viable economic plan beyond give rich people more money and it will trickle. Well, we've seen and there have been at least two major studies done in the last 10 years that show, that show it does not trickle. What it happens with that money is, is it either, if it's corporate, they do stock buybacks and they, they funnel money to their investors. Or if it's just rich people whose taxes are cut, it'll go offshore into some, uh, some sort of uh, scheme that keeps it out of the, uh, the it's not taxed. It's uh, it's just um, it just mounts and and they get richer and richer and nobody else does. Well, there is one small trickle that comes out of that. That's that tiny trickle that goes into the pockets of our representatives and senators. They are getting yeah something on the back end from these people by supporting these people. They wouldn't do it if they didn't get that. And so they're just. All they're trying to do is enrich themselves, so they ingratiate themselves to the rich, they get a few bucks, and they perpetuate this thing and come up with some bullshit lie that it's good for us. We're going to fucking rob you, but don't worry, it's good for you. Right, and and jumping back to what I said earlier about campaign finance reform, you can see Trump doing it right now. He has not yet announced that he will run for president. But he keeps hinting at it. And, oh, Lord, how the money rolls in. I mean, he has this huge war chest that he can ostensibly use to run for president. But it, I don't even think he'll do it. No, I don't, I don't think either. that ultimately he will run. But he has all this money and every politician is doing this. Plus, they have their PACs. Right. which they can get dark money and corporate money into, and they just get richer and richer and richer. In the meantime, they've cut the IRS to the bare bones, right. so they don't have the people to investigate this stuff. And uh, nobody seems to know that or report it. And, and this is another thing I want to get into a little bit later, the corporate media. But right now, Let's just say the IRS doesn't have the people to go out and get this. Robert Reich was just saying today it was something like $70 trillion. It's just amazing amount of money that is being that the IRS could claim if they just had the people to do it. Right, right. Well, you know, I read a story recently, and we know Donald Trump is grifting his people and pimping all this money. I read a story that uh, Donald Trump's PAC spent 25% of everything that PAC has on one night, one event at Mar-a-Lago. So where's that money going? Right (laughs) in Donald Trump's fucking pocket. And he doesn't have to even explain it until he commits to running for president. But now he's saying, well, I might have problems with my health. He's not going to run. And I'll be honest with you, the Republicans aren't going to accept him as a candidate. I, I feel very strongly about that. It's not going to happen. 
No, and I, I think you can see that his influence is fading, uh, and he's he's endorsing all of these. Uh, he goes to every state and finds the worst possible piece of crap <laughs> candidate that Herschel they Walker. can possibly. Yes, yes. Uh, Herschel, we saw you in Minnesota. Your shoe flew off. Everybody loved you for a day, and uh, you didn't pan out. No, and, uh, you were a great football player. But uh, uh, the guy ain't got it, you know. I mean, he can barely speak. They won't let him do a debate because they know he'd get crucified. Uh, well, you know, the funny thing about it is, is, is that um, you know, Doctor Oz, JD Vance, Mitch McConnell isn't liking this because Mitch McConnell is smart enough to know that if they have crazy ass candidates running against Democrats. They got problems. They're going to lose. Mitch McConnell doesn't want these crazy fucks in there. So he's angry with Donald Trump for endorsing them. But Donald Trump is having a lot of problems. He also endorsed Hilly Leffler and Purdue against Warnock and yes. um, the other guy. So his track record yep. is that great. And when he starts losing races in the midterms, that's when people are going to toss yep. him aside. As much as he's their savior now, as soon as he's no good to them, they'll throw him a fucking way. All right, Eddie, we are back. And I want to finish up about what we were talking about with regards to Donald Trump. I've had somebody say recently, I've heard them say that Donald Trump is a godsend to the <laughs> Democrats. So just hear me. God, I hope so. <laughs> well, you know, you think about all these people he's endorsing that is giving the Republicans and Mitch McConnell fits. They see the writing on the wall and the possible danger of having these crazies running for the Republican Party. And the risks they take about the stupid shit they're going to say, and they're afraid they're going to lose to the Democrats because they don't have the best candidates up. Secondly, we have all these rallies going on. Now, Donald Trump and other trump are expecting 25, 35,000 people to their rallies, but now we're getting four and 5,000 people yep. coming to the rally. So he's losing his grip a little bit. And as I said, um, somebody once said that he was a godsend to the Democratic Party for the midterms in 2022. Now, somebody argued with me about that. And I said, well, you got to remember one thing. Remember the presidential election in 2020. Joe Biden beats him by 7 million votes. He gets 81 million votes, more votes than any presidential candidate in history. Did that happen? Yep. Because Joe Biden is very charismatic, very smart, very good speaker, had all the best ideas, and everybody loved this guy? No. The vast majority of people voted for Joe Biden because they were scared to fucking death of Donald Trump and what he might do for the next four years. So if anybody's as much responsible as the voters for Joe Biden winning, it's fucking Donald Trump. Donald Trump always fails. Donald Trump always sticks steps on his dick, and he's going to do it again in the midterms. Yeah, I agree with you 100% on that. And uh, I, I have my fingers crossed. And th this feeds right into my, what I wanted to say about the corporate media. I mean, all of the major media are owned by corporations. Oh. Um, and uh, they love Donald Trump. All corporations love Donald Trump. Because He's good he gave TV. Them yeah, he, he is. And he gives them everything they want. And uh, I mean, the the uh, the fossil fuel industry loves Donald Trump because he'll he'll give 
Yellowstone if they want it. You know, he'll he'll get rid of national parks and say pump away. We know that. Uh, every every industry loves Donald Trump. If he could get away with all the emissions requirements for automobiles, for sure. You know, I mean, uh, get rid of uh, he wants to get rid of uh, uh, any uh, alternate source of energy, whether it be wind turbines or solar or whatever. You know, he wants to they just love Donald Trump to death. And, and they happen to own TV stations, radio stations, and newspapers, which used to be illegal. You know, you couldn't, you couldn't own all of these media outlets in a single market, but and now no. you can, thanks to Mr. Reagan getting rid of the Fairness Doctrine. And, of course, cable was never really uh, – was never um, – there was no sheriff on uh, on the cable stations. Uh, you know, they all, always have had a, a, a free range. But basically what it comes down to, they let Fox and Sinclair and OAN and people like that lead with the lies, right? But they're going to be responsible journalists. But what they do is they sin by omission. They just don't cover uh, that. What we are learning now is that, all the Republicans were involved with uh, the attempted uh, coup. Right. Uh, Mitch, Mitch McConnell knew ahead of time. Uh, right. Mike Lee knew ahead of time. Some of these people went, wait a minute, this ain't going to work. But they didn't come out and say it. They stood back and watched. But they all knew. They're all compromised. And they, they should all be thrown out and not be allowed to serve because they knew the traitors were trying to destroy democracy, and they did nothing about it. it. They either did nothing or they tried to facilitate it, one of the two. And to me, that puts you out forever. No more offices. You can't run. Uh, there's, even, uh, there's even something in the Constitution about it. I can't quote it, which amendment it is, but it came after the Civil War that if you were part of an insurrection against the government, you could never serve in that government again. And that's, that's pretty that's much the 14th amendment. Yeah. And that's pretty much every Republican. Well, it is every Republican. And if you're a true Patriot and you hear somebody doing something that's against our country, whether they happen to be in your party or someone else's party, you have a duty to stand up and say something, or you are culpable for the same crime. That's, that's just the fucking way it is. You're an accessory after the fact. Exactly. It's, and um, that's, go ahead. No, I, I, you know, the thing about it is, is we're seeing a lot of this. Um, and I'm hoping against hope that the January 6th committee knows what they're doing, that they're letting this information out. They're exposing people and uh, they're going to have the television hearings and such. I hope they've got a plan where they're slowly leaking this stuff out. And as you get closer to the midterms, it's going to explode on this country. And it's going to be hard for anybody to vote for a Republican because this information will be all over the place. However, the one thing I will say as an old newsman, I think you'll probably agree with me. I don't think there is anything uh, called truly called journalism in this country anymore. No matter where you go, it's slanted to one extent. I mean, NPR, um, Reuters, some of those are okay, but if you're looking at the major ones, CNN, MSNBC, Fox, OAN, whatever, everything you hear is slanted, and even on the left side, you will hear them throw out the stuff that's the clickbait, 
and not give away the true facts of the whole situation. They want the turmoil. They want the drama and the trauma, just so you keep watching. And that's what frustrates me about left side media. Well, agreed. And that's what happened. The minute, the very first time that the corporate media said, you know, it would be great if we could take make some money off this news business. Right now, we're just we're spending money to make to present it, and we're not getting anything back, really. But if we can really get people to watch this stuff, we can charge big time for the commercials. So once news stopped being an obligation that the government made them do in order to get their uh, their frequency at a at a premium, because you know, quite frankly, you and I could have uh, owned a part of the broadcast spectrum. I mean, we should. We're Americans. It's as right. much ours as it is anybody else's. But, you know, the fix was in. and and uh, But they did make it an obligation of public service. And part of that was presenting the news uh, in an unbiased form. But uh, they found out real quick they could do better by uh, slanting one way or the other and, um, you know, profit rules. It's the minute that they allowed profit into the news business, uh, then objectivity went out the window. It's just the way it was. The one thing I will say, something that's kind of even the playing field a little bit, is the Internet. Now, when the the Internet first came out, we had no idea what it was capable of, and we were just looking up stuff on uh, on, uh, not even Google at that point. But now with things like this podcast, like TikTok, like uh, Twitter, like uh, other media, you're getting we're, we're getting some leveling of the playing field because two average idiots like you and I can come out and talk about what we think is true. And if we garner a crowd to listen to it, that's fine. Our goal yeah. here isn't to make money at the first point. Now, if I get a million viewers and I can make some money, I'll make some money, but I won't change a fucking thing. Uh, what I'm doing. So at least individuals or, you know, former broadcasters like you and I can go out into a different spectrum, but reach as many or more people uh, than we did at the small radio station we worked at. Exactly. And that's why uh, your blood run cold uh, or my blood runs cold. And I'm sure you're years may too when you hear elon musk wants to buy twitter or or anything else for that matter because you know as well as i do the moment that an oligarch takes over any part of the internet then objectivity once again will be gone and uh you know of course the the right wingers are creaming their jeans for the idea of an oligarch having twitter you know, well, they know that Trump will be back immediately. And, you know, what he calls free speech is the freedom to lie. Right. Well, you know, they were creaming their jeans with this uh, uh, this new app of Donald Trump's True Social, which has <laughs> been an absolute fucking failure. And, you know, I said it before it even was released. I said, this is going to be a failure. And somebody says, how do you know? Because everything Donald Trump does is a fucking failure. He's never been successful at anything he's done other than winning the election in 2016. And now we find out he maybe even didn't do that because the Russians may have been the people that helped him cheat, which is probably true. But there's no way this, you know, it's one thing to try to catch lightning in a bottle. And that's what Donald Trump was in 2016. That's why he took off on Twitter. Everybody was excited. It was all new. 
But Donald Trump's a different human being now. People have a different perception of him. People who didn't like him but thought he was funny would listen to him. But now it's just the base. And frankly, the base is like 30, 32 percent. That's not enough to win any fucking election or to feed an app exactly. like Twitter or True Social. Yeah, but that figure, let's look at that figure for a minute. 30, 30, 33, 35, whatever, right? Sure. Um, the corporate media now, when Joe Biden is in that territory, oh, it's a failure. His presidency's a failure. Donald Trump never did better than that, except on a few occasions. He was always mired in the basements for as, as a popular support in the right. polls. He right. was rarely out of the 30s. And, you know, they didn't worry about it then. But uh, with Joe Biden, suddenly, uh, then he's done. You know, he, he, uh, he, the, he's the toaster is burning. You know, Joe is done because he's only got 33 percent. Great presidents are never popular in their lifetime. We look back at them and say, wow, FDR did a good job. But people despise the man in his time. You know, not enough of them because obviously he was elected four times. Right. But uh, uh, he was he was a divisive character. John Kennedy, you know, Bay of Pigs. People thought this guy was done. And, you know, and who knows what would have happened if he hadn't been assassinated. But he was popular again by the time that happened. Um, any other president you can name go through goes through periods of up and down. And when you have a, a, a period of inflation like we have now, I guess the president's going to suffer. We saw it kill Jimmy Carter, and I'm not sure it wasn't exactly the same game against Carter where uh, the, the corporate elite saw, hey, we can get rid of this guy. And, and get us a, a real charger like Ronald Reagan if we just keep this inflation going you know, through the election. And the fact that's, of, that's what, go yeah, ahead. The, the fact of the matter is inflation has nothing to do with Joe Biden at this point. He's doing what he can to bring it down. The Republicans are doing everything they can to block him from bringing it down, and then they complain about the inflation. It's clear what they're doing. They want the inflation there because they think it's going to help them in the election. My attitude about Republicans right now, they are fucking desperate. They're crazy. They're scared because the era of the white, old white man is going by the wayside. The old white man is dying. There's more people of color coming to this country. They know they're losing power and they're scraping and scrambling to do anything they could to game the system so they can maintain power for a little longer. Absolutely. And and what have they got left? Tanning their testicles? I don't know. That's uh, That seems to be the big one right now. Have you, are, have you seen this with Tucker Carlson? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this guy is a fucking joke. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, he needs to tan something, I'll tell you, because this guy is... Uh, um, I don't know what he is, <laughs> to he, be honest with you. He, he is what we would have called back in the day... Uh, being on the radio and or being on TV, he's a media whore. He will do anything yeah. to gain an audience yeah. to make money, whether it be lie, whether it be absolutely fucking ridiculous. You're talking about this this uh, uh, documentary he's got out, and he was he's basically talking about how somehow some things are going on in this country where it's taking away testosterone for uh, from Americans, and that if we just exposed our testicles to sunlight. For a period of time, it would raise our testosterone greatly. Well, I got to tell you, looking at Tucker Carlson, 
He looks like he could tan some shit too, because his <laughs> testosterone level doesn't look quite that high. Maybe we could drop his voice a tone. That's the thing. I hate to listen to that fucker. I catch myself kind of talking like that sometimes, and I yeah. slap myself. It's so sing-songy. Well, why did that happen? Yeah. Fuck you. I want to hit you. Yeah. Well, this is the thing that boggles my mind, Mike, all the time, because I see guys like Donald Trump and how they, quote, communicate. And I see Hannity and I see uh, Tucker Carlson and these guys, and they're terrible communicators. They they have a trick that they use. Hannity is always whataboutism. If I say Donald Trump did something, Hannity will come back with something on somebody else. To, to uh, We'll never discuss what I brought up. It will always be uh, tit for tat. Well, you did this, you did this, you. That's what Hannity does. Right. Now, Carlson, he asks questions. Right. You know, uh, are there Nazis in the Ukraine? I don't know. Why can't we ask this question? Well, you can. You just ask the question. The answer is no. We know that. <laughs> but he will never go there. You know, he'll only ask the question, even though every question he asks, the answer is readily available. I, I don't even I, I don't watch Tucker Carlson. I see no, him occasionally on uh, posted on uh, uh, Facebook or Twitter or somewhere. I'll see a little bit of, of what he has to say because I don't waste my time listening to that kind of crap. All it's going to do is make me scream at the TV set and make the dog upset. And my wife and I'll get a fight because I'm screaming at the TV and she says, and she'll say, you know, I'm getting that, not him, <laughs> you know, yeah, and yeah. and I've, I've kind of gotten to the point where I don't do that anymore. I don't need to do that. But uh, these guys are not communicators, communicators any more than Ronald Reagan was. He was an actor, period. Right. That didn't make him a communicator. It made him able to deliver a script. He could read he a script. Did, Absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and um, I, I have trouble with the left side too, though. The left side media, when they're talking to people who might be adversarial, might be a Republican or whatever, they dig deep. There's a few that don't do this, but most of them will dig deep and then they let them off the hook. What yeah. you need to do is bury these people. I don't know if they're afraid that they're going to make them mad and they won't come back or what. But if you've got somebody there trying to overthrow the government, you need to pin that fucker against the wall and keep asking them the questions and do everything you can to expose and embarrass them. But the the left side media doesn't do that. They back off. And that just pisses me off. That seems like a wasted opportunity. I agree. And, you know, the other thing is I question maybe maybe. People on the the left side of the aisle should go on Fox News more and go head to head against these people and say to Tucker Carlson, I can answer that question for you. Here's the answer, you dumb fuck, you know, Uh, but they don't because they don't want to give give credence, I guess, to Fox. But sometimes sometimes uh, a punch in the nose, and I don't mean that literally, is what's called for. Although yeah. sometimes a punch in the nose is literally what's called. For. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> you know, Pete, Pete Buttigieg have shown up on Fox and uh, give him what for. And I appreciate that out of Pete Buttigieg. He's, he's kind of taken them to task there. And, and I'm sure they bring him in thinking, well, he's gay. He'll be easy to deal with. But then he gets there and uh, 
he takes Tucker, he takes John Hannity to task. And and I, I have a feeling that those people that might give them a rough time will never get invited on Fox. They don't want that kind of they get they won't get invited so, back. <laughs> no, they get caught every so often doing something or saying something embarrassing or being embarrassed by whoever the, the, the guest is, but you never see those people back. It's just all about, you know, their, 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 their narrative and their agenda, and they're going to push it across whether it's true or not. And it gets, it gets frustrating. I can't sit and watch it knowing that there are people that don't have enough wherewithal to understand that this is untrue. This is a lie. I get it from people all the time. They'll say, well, what about Hillary's emails? Well, what about them? You've had fucking yeah. eight years. You've had eight years to prosecute her. What's yeah, up? Yeah, and there were there were at least and, you know Benghazi. There were at least uh, three or four different uh, uh, congressional hearings on that. Nothing. Oh, yeah. There was nothing there. Absolutely. The, um, you know, remember Rush Limbaugh? Let's don't. But anyway, his evil genius was that he never had anyone on who disagreed with him. I mean, occasionally they would let a caller on. Right. But all he had to do was signal his uh, his call screener, and the guy was gone. And then he'd talk about talk on for five minutes, you know, burying the guy or or the woman or whoever. But he he would uh, he would never meet anyone on a, a level playing field. He would occasionally have a guest who agreed with him on, but mostly no guests. And he controlled the narrative just by dumping people if he wanted to. That's that's what they can do. Uh, they can never. That's why, uh, you know, people are up in arms because Republicans are refusing to debate now or to even let one of their candidates debate a presidential candidate, um, because they know when it's an evil play at a level playing field, they're going to lose. Well, right. I mean, I, they I, have I, nothing. They have I, culture war. That's all they got. All you have to do is bring up some of the crimes and say, what about that? I, I heard, I read an article about, uh, you know, this, this computer repair guy that allegedly had Hunter Biden's um, laptop. Um, it was interesting because um, they, they did a story with him and everything we've heard about Hunter uh, Biden's laptop is how horrific it is, child porn, and Joe Biden got a bunch of money. This guy stated really what was going on. And this is the guy that allegedly had it. This is the hero of the Republican Party. He said, look, somebody brought it in to get it repaired. They didn't come back to pick it up. After a certain amount of time, I became uh, the owner of it because it was abandoned, you know? And so, right. so I went, he says he went through it completely, looked at everything in it. And he saw a bunch of pictures. And then when he realized that it might be connected to Joe Biden or Hunter Biden, he thought to himself, well, there might be some national security issues. So that's why I should turn it over to the FBI. Not because there was any criminal things on there. So he turns it over to the FBI. Then he starts hearing all these rumors about the child porn and, 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 and all this corruption and all that kind of stuff. And then he got upset about it. He said, I did everything I could to maintain the integrity of that hard drive. And I sit here and listen to all this stuff, and none of it is true based on what I saw when it was started. He said, I can't say what they put on it after the fact, but when I had it, none of those pictures, none of those things were on the thing. And that's that's essentially the Republican Party and how they handle things. Donald Trump, you know, he right. says, go find some dirt on Joe Biden, but even if you can't find dirt on Biden, start an investigation, and I'll take it from here. They just whip off bullshit 
and they make it, they throw it out of proportion, and uh, they, 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 they try to make it the, something out of it. Ex- exactly. I think it was the Washington Post, or it was one of the big newspapers who took the information. They didn't have the laptop, of course, but they, they uh, had a a copy of everything on it. And they had these experts go over it and they said most of it didn't originate on the laptop. It came from other sources and was right. incorporated into this quote information they have. It, it's all bullshit. There's nothing to it. We know that they just want to keep, they just keep, all they have to do is say Hunter Biden's laptop and their people think, well, it's something There's something there. Or they wouldn't be saying it. And there isn't, there isn't anything there. Um, but there are people they, in their they do everything state. they can to try to uh, uh, discredit an administration, whether it's blaming them for. In, in... Well, there, there are there are people in your home state in Georgia and Alabama, Florida, whatever, think that that is the most horrific thing that. And every time they hear about Hunter Biden's laptop, they're enraged because of all these horrible things they've heard that's on this laptop. None of it is true, but they buy into it. Exactly. It's Hillary's emails, Benghazi, Hunter's laptop, all the same thing. Nothing there. There's no there there. But they just all they have to do is say it and everyone assumes there is. Well, that's why I think between now and November, uh, the midterms, the only thing uh, Democrats can really do is do exactly what the Republicans have done. Control the narrative, get loud, keep pounding on the crimes and the corruption and all the investigations, and just do nothing but that up and through the midterms. Control the narrative, round out the Republicans with their bullshit, and just try to change the perception of this country based on this, the same ploys that, that, that Republicans have done. The only thing that worries me is people's self-interest. I mean, uh, if uh, gas is $7 a gallon, which it is, and it's actually going down, I think it's gone down like 28 cents or something over the last two weeks. But um, if my business depends on uh, expending gasoline a lot and so forth, people may think, well, uh, if if Trump is in, maybe the oil companies will ease up. You know, they, they probably see what's going on, you know, but uh, we'll see. I, I think people are smarter than that. I hope they are. I hope eight million of them are anyway. Yeah. Well, assuming assuming uh, uh, things keep going, what if uh, gas prices go down? What if the inflation goes down from this point? You have to give Joe Biden credit if you're going to get make him the fall guy for it. And we can only hope that we do see some uh, gas prices loosening up and and the inflation dropping off. It's got to come to an end at some point. It would be nice to end this bullshit in Ukraine, because that's part of what's fueling this thing. But um, any time you have a problem, it goes through a point, and then it starts to back off. And I'm hoping that between inflation and gas prices, it does it at the right time between now and November. Me too. As far as Ukraine goes, I don't know. I mean, I daily, I I look back and I, I think we really made a mistake by allowing mutually assured destruction <laughs> to be something that guaranteed peace. Because with that, with that nuclear umbrella hanging over our heads, 
uh, I think it makes people cautious when I, I think NATO probably should have just gone in there with everything they had and kicked the Russians' ass all the way back to Moscow. Um, yeah, I kind of agree. You know, would he use a nuke? Um, I mean, he's not that old. Uh, I've heard things about him having cancer and so forth, but nobody really wants to die. I mean, he would have to realize that he would be, uh, if anybody survived, he would be memorialized as the guy who destroyed civilization. Uh, you know, who wants that? I mean, is he that crazy? Um, I don't know. I don't know if he is or not, but um, sometimes you have to be bold, I guess. And And it's easy for me to say. I'm not sitting in the Oval Office wondering, am I going to bring on Armageddon? You know, yeah. I, I question whether whether Vladimir Putin would be able to pull off a nuclear thing. And here's why. As much as he might be crazy and is willing to die, that's fine. But he's got family and friends around him. But even if he's OK with doing that, much like the United States, you know, Vlad isn't sitting in an office with two red buttons ready to push. There's kind of no. a process going through this. Now, Vladimir Putin's probably already under the microscope as, you know, being a problem for Russia. If he decides he wants to send off a nuke, it's got to go down the chain a little bit. People, there have to be stopgaps or fail-safes. And whether whether uh, Vladimir Putin wants to shoot the nuke off, there are going to be people that are lower on the scale that have to carry this through and carry this out are going to say, wait, <laughs> this is going to fuck up the whole world. I don't want to die. I don't want my kids to die. I don't think Vladimir Putin has the courage to do it, but even if he does, I think somebody will stop him when they do. Well, I, I certainly hope you're right. I, and, and that's kind of my feeling too. And, and like I say, sometimes the punch in the nose is the proper response to the bully. That's the only. And, that's the only good response to a bully. You gotta. You gotta meet him where he lives. You know, and you. But you. you he may hurt you, but you gotta hurt him enough to make sure that he won't try it again. Right. Exactly. All right, Ed. We're running out of time here. I want to thank you for spending time with me again on the Rational Boomer Podcast. We'll get together again here pretty soon. Uh, but uh, thanks for coming by and offering some wisdom from an older guy. I'm sixty-two <laughs> now. But you're 72, so you got to That's right. experience. Yeah, so by the 10, I would, by that time, by the uh, age of 10, I'd learned everything there was to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, you have a good rest of the day. Do whatever you're going to do now that you're retired. And uh, I'll talk to you again soon in the next few days, and uh, we'll do this all again. Sounds great, Mike. Good talk with you. Bye-bye. Good, talk- good talking to you, you folks at home. Uh, I hope you have a great day. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time. Next time.